on evaluating black privilege. Black privilege is the hung elephant swinging in the room, is the memory of a slave ship praying for the Alzheimer's to kick in. Black privilege is me having already memorized my nephew's eulogy, my brother's eulogy, my father's eulogy, my unconceived child's eulogy. Black privilege is me thinking my sister's name safe from that list. Black privilege is me pretending like I know Trayvon Martin on a first name basis. It's me using a dead boy's name to win a poetry slam. It's me carrying a mouthful of other people's skeletons to use at my own convenience. Black privilege is the concrete that holds my breath better than my lungs do. Black privilege is always having to be the strong one. It's having a crowbar for a spine. It's fighting even when you have no more blood to give, even when your bones carried you, even when your mother prayed for you, even after they prepared your body for the funeral. Black privilege is being so unique that not even God will look like you. Black privilege is still being the first person in line to meet him. Black privilege is having to have the same sense of humor as Jesus. Remember how he smiled on the cross? The same way Malcolm X laughed at his bullet and there I go again, asserting my black privilege using a dead man's name without his permission. Black privilege is a myth, is a joke, is a punchline. Is the time a teacher asked a little boy what he wanted to be when he grew up and he said alive is the way she laughed when she said there's no college for that and it's tiring, you know? For everything about my skin to be a metaphor, for everything black to be pun intended, to be death intended, black privilege is the applause at the end of this poem. It's me giving you a dead boy's body and you giving me a 10. It's me being okay with that. And I tried writing a love poem the other day, but my fingers wouldn't move. My skin starts to blister like it didn't trust me anymore. Like it thought I was trading in this news for a pearl necklace. Some days I'm afraid to look into the mirror for fear that a bullet George Zimmerman its way into my chest while I was asleep. The breath in my mouth is lucky enough to scare a courtroom. I'll be lucky if I'm alive to make it to the stand. For some people, their trials live longer than they do. Black privilege is knowing that if I die, at least Al Sharpton will come to my funeral. At least Al Sharpton will mason jar my mother's tears. Remind us that the only thing we are worthy of is our death. We are judged by the number of people it takes to carry our caskets. Black privilege is me thinking that's enough. It's me thinking this poem is enough. Black privilege is this. Is this breath in my mouth right now? It's me standing right here with a crowd full of witnesses to my heartbeat. Wow, fam. All I can say is wow. This poem always, always just brings me to tears. I don't know what to tell you. This is um, by Crystal Valentine. This was back in a slam poetry contest in 2015. Being so unique that even God doesn't have our skin color, but yet we're the first ones in line at the pearly gates. Woo! Alrighty. Okay. Wow. We felt that one really hard. That's all I can tell you. Um, I'm glad you got to hear it. I hope you liked it. And I try to introduce as many slam poetry um, young people as I can into the midst of this podcast. I really do believe that there are so many talented people of this generation and therefore we need to continue to listen to them because they are our future. We have to keep listening to them. Well, with that, I must say, welcome back fam to I Won't Pretend Stay Woke with me, your host, Miss J. Oh, I missed you guys so much. You don't realize how much I was away, as you already know, attending and officiating my daughter's wedding in Athens, Georgia. The nuptials were uh, happened last Friday. It was amazing. It was down by a little creek in a little tiny... It was just... I don't even know how to... It was just a tiny little spot in the middle of nowhere with a creek and a, and a waterfall. And it was just 
picture perfect. Everything was picture perfect. The weather, um, it was a very small group of, of people that attended, um, including her little sister, Zoe, and her brother, uh, Caleb. Oh my God, you know, all I can say is that being around your children and seeing them happy is the best thing in the world. That much I can tell you. Everybody knows, anybody that knows me, that I am completely head over heels over my five children, including my new family, which is my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, and my grandbaby. The love of my life. It multiplying every day by the thousands folds in terms of love. It just feels so good to be a part of this, a part of this journey officiating the wedding was so beautiful i was brought to tears for those of you who watched the video i'm so sorry i got choked up i couldn't help it how can i the bride to the two brides you know choked up too what can i do I i had to cry i couldn't help it there was nothing I can say. Um, I just hope that I, I wish them all the best. I wish them all the love and prosperity in the world. You know, this is a harsh world and they have endured so much and they have gone through so much. And yet they, 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 they thrive. Bottom line, they thrive. And sometimes I look at that and I envy them with the strength they have. And then again, I am proud to know that I was able to be the be the person that influenced my my daughter Zuri to be so strong. She always tells me that, and I'm very proud to say that um that I, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Let me not start crying now. Not the time. Not the time. Well, I got back just in time for the big snow down. Oh my God! I got literally touched down on the plane when it started to snow, which was awesome because I didn't get to experience any of that snow. I was indoors when it happened. I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody is doing well. And I also hope that everybody, everybody's preparing for the holidays safe with family and without losing your minds because the holidays is no reason to lose your minds. The holidays is a time to reflect and to be happy and to enjoy the people around you, especially in a time like a pandemic. We have to be able to reflect on the beautiful and embrace what's coming, right? So, moving forward, I just want to be able to let you know that for this particular podcast, I am not going to go through any rants and raves. I am not going to, you know, come up with anything that we have to do um, in terms of like, um, hmm, you know, like we did the last time where it came down to like throwing out the mess and, you know, finding yourself and all that stuff karma and all that stuff. This is going to be a podcast where we are going to just go back, reflect a little bit on 2020, the good, the bad, the ugly, mention it, and make sure that we don't forget 2020. If shit, if 2020 doesn't make us stronger, I don't know. I really don't know what will. I really don't. I don't think anything can make us as strong as we are right now. We have endured, again, so, so much. I'm not even going to waste your time with trying to tell you how much I endured because you probably endured just as much as I did. You know, looking at, thinking about this particular podcast, um, it made me, it ma- I, I started to think, what can I possibly say to my listeners and to my podcast family what can I possibly say to make people feel good, to make um, people a little smile on their face, to think, joggle their minds a little bit? There really is not much I can say. I think we we do a pretty good job on all our own doing that. Yeah. But in saying that, there are certain things that, that, that are worth mentioning that are worth mentioning because they are important. Some things we forgot, some things we've chosen to forget. Um, And I'm not going to get too deep with this. This is just really much, this is going to be pretty much a a simple podcast, just to chill, sit back and listen, hopefully make you smile, and and also hopefully make you think. I think I already said that about 20,000 times. So, now, I do, I, I must tell you, after I'm done with this particular podcast, I do, I do welcome everyone, everyone who has listened. Why don't you just drop me a line and why don't you tell me what you remember the most about 2020? You do realize we only have 12 more days till 2020 is over. 12 more 
days, people. Not 12 more weeks, not 12 more months, 12 days. Who would have thunk? So why don't you drop me a line once you listen to this podcast and just let me know what you remember the most about 2020. Well, I'm going to start off with a couple of things that (laughs) make me really think about 2020 carefully. All right, so Zoom. Yeah, Zoom. Did you ever think, did it ever, even a, a whisper in your mind that Zoom would become the, the the actual avenue of communication for pretty much everyone in this world? Almost every company, almost every person has been on Zoom in 2020. Whether it's for work, whether it's for play, whether it's to get drunk, whether it's to strip, I don't give a fuck. It's just everybody's on Zoom. And if you haven't been on Zoom, I don't know what rock you've been hiding under. Because that's, that's, the, that's the new wave. That is the new normal. You wake up in the morning, and if you're not on a Microsoft Teams, which actually that's what we use at work, Microsoft Teams, which I kind of like it better than Zoom. But everyone is on Zoom. You get up, you get dressed from the waist up, fix your face, and you're on Zoom. And you get to see a whole bunch of people either in their worst or at their best for about a good 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and if meetings are longer, about 45 minutes. And you learn to, you meet people, you actually meet uh, your coworkers that probably some of us will never meet in person. Some of us will actually never meet in person. And we get to meet them on Zoom. We get to meet them on video every single day. I, for one, work from home. And I have, I have created such an amazing set of friends and I mean the most amazing women that I have met have been through on on video my dear my co-workers we come from different boroughs we come from different parts of life and we have all joined in and as I mentioned before my 12 dope queens we have all met only on video who would have thunk And our bond is stronger than a group of women that have all met face-to-face. I don't even think we would have become such great friends, believe it or not, had we not met on video and had we met in person, probably in an office. I don't think all 12 of us would have been that tight. When you are working in a video setting, when you're working just listening to the person's voice, you become more attentive, you become more hyper-alert of what you're listening to. You actually are listening to people and you get to tell when they're having a bad day, when they're having a good day. You you are you are blessed with their their ups and their lows. And even up until recently, you know, I experienced a situation where um one of my coworkers was was in tears. I can honestly say and you, you know who you are. I know you, you you're listening. And it it was so heartbreaking because she was sharing something about work that occurred to her and I I did not know all I can sit there we all sat there we all had we all saw each other's expression and we all shared that common ground of sadness and empathy and understanding and we were able to all reach out to her collectively and let her know that we had her back you you can't you can't do that in an office setting. In an office setting, people cry in their cubicles. In an office setting, people share things with human resource. What the hell? But they don't normally share with a group of women embracing them. And and this is something that we were able to do. You, you cannot top that. That's friendship right there. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. These women have been my rock. These these women have, you know, pushed me through the the good and the bad and we've pushed each other we've um we've actually given each other advice we've wished each other the best of luck um i remember actually when i was in um when i was in georgia i've got to share something real quick because i know i'm gonna make you guys laugh well i kind of misread <laughs> misread my flight information to return back to new york so I thought I was supposed to be coming back on Sunday at on the fl- the 222 flight, arriving at four and change. Wow, little did I know that on my way to the airport, as I was about to check in online, 
my flight was like at 11.15 in the morning. Yes, it was. And was I not sitting in the car at 10.30? And Atlanta was two hours away from Athens. Oh, yeah, did I panic? No, not really. What I did is that I conveniently went and called the airline, tried to, you know, tried to rebook. I couldn't do it. I mean, tried to reschedule. Couldn't do it. Um, conveniently just canceled the flight, whatever. It was not a big deal. I wasn't even going to sweat it. Returned back to Athens. Uh, I rebooked another flight on another airline. I kind of just, fuck it, I just upgraded and got on a nicer flight on a better airplane and enjoyed eight days. <laughs> yeah, enjoyed uh, from Sunday to like Wednesday. Enjoyed an additional four days in um, in Georgia and in Atlanta, both combined. And you know something? One of my one of my sisters from Twelve Dope Queens um, called me, and I mean that's when I actually sent out a text letting people know that I missed my flight. And when she called me. The most beautiful thing occurred. I almost had tears in my eyes. The first thing that she asked me was, are you okay? Do you have enough to get home? I I cannot express to her how thankful I was when I heard those words. And that's because she took the time to call me and, and to ask, are you okay? I'm so grateful for that. And I know that... Um, Everything that she does comes back to her tenfold because she's that type of individual. And not to say that all my other sisters are not like that. I'm just saying in that particular instance, I was so grateful that she reached out to me. And, you know, we stayed on the phone for about a good two hours where we were, you know, rehashing the last podcast. And we talked about all the things that we were going to start doing in life because of that particular podcast in terms of changing things around and doing things new. So yeah, a lot of things changed within the last several days, and it felt good. So um, going back, I digress, going back, just wanted to say that going back to Zoom, it could be the most irritating thing in the world, but it can also be a good thing because you get to meet new people. You get to meet new people who you never thought you would ever meet a day in your life. It just, who would have thunk? That's all I can say. So yeah, we embrace um, the new norm. Another thing that I, I've noticed for this, this 2020, and what I'm going to mention is not just about Zoom. It's about, you know, things that are funny, things that are good, things that are bad, things that, you know, that were sad. So it's, it's a combination of all. Uh, one thing I can tell you, okay? This is one thing I don't care about 220. I really don't. Recently, I've been listening to this whole jabber, jabber, jabber about this 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 college kid named Olivia Jade. Olivia Jade is the daughter of this actress called Laurie Lolan Lokland. Fuck it. She's from Full House. Yeah, she's from Full House, an actress from back in the days, and her and her designer husband decided to pay, literally pay five hundred fuck thousand dollars to get their kids into college to lie their way through admissions and um yeah the kids the, the, the two daughters got into college in university of i believe it was the university what the fuck um university of california or southern state california fuck it it was in california so you know something i honestly don't really care at this point what university they went to it can be you know bumfuck university bottom line is that this is white privilege you know in our faces white privilege in our faces this became like the big deal where the parents got caught in this big old scandal and the only reason why I know about this is because they can't stop talking about it in every fucking media outpost I can possibly listen to but white it's just white privilege and it's unfortunate but it happens and that's the reality of life what made it so 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 much worse is that Jada Pinkett Smith has a show called um the red the red table talk i believe yeah i think it's called the red table talk and she hosts this is she's a host with her mother and her daughter willow right so they sit around you know this little table and they talk to different people that air out all their garbage and all of their issues it's, it's almost like a confessional 
except that you're confessing to the world. I guess you you feel absolved if Jada Pinkett Smith is the one in front of you. Let's not talk about, you know, her shortcomings recently with her husband and that little boy that she, you know, messed around with. But anyway, um, so this kid, Olivia Jade, she's an Instagram um, Instagram influencer, has like more followers than God. You know, her, her whole life goes to shit, pretty much goes to shit because of this. Her parents are in jail right now in a luxury jail, mind you. They even got to pick what jail they got to go to. Do you ever thought, how do you pick what jail you get to go to? Imagine me going in front of a judge and saying, mm, no, 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 not Rikers, not Rikers, not good enough. I need to go to a place that has a gym and a spa. Yes. Send me to that other one. Oh, that's never going to happen. I'm not even in my dreams. I will be somebody's bitch in jail, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's exactly where I'm going to end up. Um, but this, then the kid decides to choose. She selected the Red Table Talk to talk about this. Because she wanted to apologize. She wanted to let everybody know that she had no idea she was doing something wrong. Never did she know that when she posed for a picture rowing because they claimed that she was part of a rowing scholarship, that, hey, it was innocent. No one ever told me. But, you know, I, I worked really hard to get into college. Yes, she did. Uh, and, and you know what makes it even sadder? <laughs> makes it even worse is the fact that when she, she was doing this, Oh, God, this is so bad. But the fact that I'm actually giving this any type of lip service, but, you know, hey, learn from my mistakes. The fact that she is sitting there in in, in this platform, which, quite honestly, there's so many black women that need to have this platform to talk about their shit when they're going to end up putting this little brat, privileged, self-righteous little brat, to talk about how she... She, I realized how privileged my life really is. This is what she says. She realized how privileged she... What the fuck? Do I really need to hear this? Did I really need to hear all that? Did you really need to throw it in my face? And guess what? That's not going to bring me to look at you on Instagram any closer. I don't even know. Who, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She's going to have to do way much more than that to get people back. If anybody has any common sense, and hopefully young people will acquire some type of common sense, they would not follow this chick on, on Instagram. What are they getting out of her? What are people getting? That's what makes me question people sometimes. It's just the fact that these influencers, who are these fucking influencers? And why are they called influencers? Yeah, I'm, on a, I'm going into a tirade right here. It's just too much. It's just too much. Um, okay, so bottom line, she ain't worth the paper to write on or the breath to put on. I just wanted to throw it out there because I just had to. I, I just had Because I know you heard about her. I'm sure you have. But boo freaking who. Boo freaking who. Your parents are in jail. They'll get out. They're fine. And you're fine too because obviously you're not losing a meal because they're in jail. You're 20, 20 years old. 22 years old. Get a job. It's like you live off your, um, live off your parents. They have the money. Um, hmm. Okay. So let's go back to what, what other stuff is going on. Okay, now, let me tell you something. <sighs> K-pop fans. You guys, have you guys heard of K-pop fans? Yeah, you ever heard of them? Okay, you ever heard of a, group, a little group called BTS? I'm sure you have. If you've never heard of K-pop fans, give it a listen, okay? Just give it a slight listen. I'm sure that, I'm sure that you will love it because I, for one, have become a follower of BTS. My daughter have made, she's made sure of that one. Um... These, these K-pop fans, I gotta give them credit. I never knew, I never thought that I'd live to see this one. So just imagine, um, the K-pop fans, sometime during the summer, you remember when Trump had this, um, he had this little thing going on in Tulsa. He had a, a big old um, campaign. And during the campaign, the the BTS the BTSers the the BTS soldiers if that's what you want to call them they decided along with the TikTok fans these young people decided to buy out the tickets buy as many tickets as they possibly could to go to this particular rally right the Tulsa rally that was for Mr. Forty Five and 
they had no intentions of going to this rally. None. So all these seats remained empty. Can you imagine being bamboozled by a whole bunch of TikTok and BTS fans? You know these people are under the age of 18, right? Okay, I just wanted to remind you of that. So um, that to me was hilarious when 45 looks across and the seats are empty, empty, rows and rows and rows of seats. Mm-mm-mm totally empty. Couldn't even fill them up because they thought they were going to show up. They never showed up. They just, fuck it. No tickets. They had the tickets. They didn't care. Um, and also, one other good thing about um, about the BTS, the BTS uh, fans, they did something that was really interesting. Uh, BTS actually donated $1 million. $1 million to Black Life Matters. A million fucking dollars they've donated. And via the BTS um, uh, fans, they matched a million dollars. It was a it was called a, a match a million dollars campaign. These fans, again, all under the age of 18, they matched a million dollars to the Black Life Matter. I don't know about you, but if these youngsters can can go for a cause and raise this much money for Black Lives Matter or any matter at all, we got to look out. We definitely got to look out because they are our force to be reckoned with. They are the people that we have to look out for. And hopefully they'll be there to raise more money for other causes. But yo, they definitely did something incredible with that. You know, we, we have a lot of people on Instagram right now doing, you know, live Instagram feeds what the fuck? All I can tell you is that not a lot of people should be doing live videos on Instagram. But, you know, with the pandemic, people have, like, not a lot to do. So they're doing a lot of dancing and stuff. But not, just remember, guys, if you can't dance, don't, don't do it. Don't go, on, don't go on Instagram live. Just, just don't. The only person I can tell you that has, has mastered uh, Instagram live, I don't know how, has been Cardi, Cardi B. She definitely has mastered it. She's turned from the mundane to the ridiculous. She has definitely did something with this. I mean, the girl could be chewing on a piece of peanut butter bread with her long nails, and everybody's like millions of people flock to see it. Don't know why, but she, she, she's funny. She has her moments. So, um, another thing that I've noticed also like into 2020, and, and who hasn't? Um, you're, again, you're under a rock if you haven't noticed this. We have been hit with Every pandemic viral outbreak movie there is. From 28 days later to 28 days so far to 28 days here and there um, to um, outbreak to contagion to, you know, something every single, damn it, even, we even got The Stand. The, yeah, the Stephen King, The Stand, now is on CBS somewhere streaming. I started to watch the first episode. I couldn't do it. it no, no, no. It's just wrong. It's just being shoved down our throats. Yes, we all know that the pandemic is a serious thing, but it's being thrown at us from every angle. On Netflix, on Hulu, on regular TV, on regular basic cable, it, everywhere. And every single movie that has, has surfaced and is resurfacing and it just keeps coming, it has to do with viral outbreaks. And, and it's not stopping anytime soon. Producers and directors are just like, oh, we got to do it. We got to do a pandemic movie. We got to make people aware. It's not really making people aware. It's just making people paranoid. I'm sure you know that. I'm so sure you know that. It's just wrong. Stop doing that. Stop putting those movies. And then you know something, people? Just stop watching them. We're not obligated to watch them. There are other feel-good movies out there, and you don't need to be any more depressed than we are now when it comes down to this pandemic. I'm not saying to be unrealistic, but this is why they call it the magic of Hollywood magic of Hollywood. You're, listen, you're looking at movies. And yes, we all know conspiracy theories. We have some movies that reflect rare, a lot in what's going on in the world right now. I mean, if you really want to watch a movie that throws you back and makes you go, hmm, shit is really serious. If you really want to do that, why don't you watch this movie called Soylent Green? Yes, called Soylent Green. Remember that watch it and get back to me. Then we can talk about movies that reflect the world we live today. Then we can talk. But other than that, not happening. I'm not watching another viral outbreak movie. There are other things for me to watch.
I ain't watching cuties, but I'm definitely not watching any viral outbreak movies. Um, what about this other show that came out? Um, I'm sure. You know something, people? <laughs> you watched it, didn't you? I want you to admit it. You watched you watched the Tire King. You can people do not lie to yourselves. You watched Tiger King on Netflix. I know you did. I know you did. Everybody it's like one of those things that you don't want to admit. Nobody wants to admit that they did it, but they did. So everybody knows about Joe Exotic, right? And if you don't, you're going to probably run to Netflix and you'll be like, let me just see what she's talking about. And when you watch it, you're going to get sucked in, sucked in. And I can guarantee you that next Halloween, more than your share of people are going to dress up like, they're going to dress up like Joe Exotic. (laughs) When you see it, you're going to see what I'm talking about. This Netflix documentary attracted 34.3 million viewers in just 10 days. Could it have been a culture phenomenon? Could it have been due to the pandemic? People stuck at home? I don't know. I don't know. But I bet you guys watched it because I know I did. I did. I don't know if this was a real story. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. It's so much involved and it's like this is mystery killing and jail and lies and all this based on someone that is raising tigers I don't know we are such gullible people (laughs) but we're watching it and I was part of that 34.3 million people watching it yes I was and I'm sure you were too you were probably like 34.4 I'm sure Um, so that was one thing down Um, what about this amazingly fucking incredible explosion of self-righteous Karens out there? You know, I was not aware of Karens until recently. It's like one minute you see them on, 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 you see them on Facebook, like, like ranting and raving and you go, oh, this is just, you know, a crazy white lady with a short, crazy looking peacock hairstyle just yelling and acting really stupid then you see another one and she looks like her and then you see another one and she looks like the other one they all look exactly alike i don't know why i really don't know why i don't know how this became a thing i'm still trying to figure out what a karen really is now do we have karimas out there you know guys what i'm talking about there's a couple of you know black women out there with a hairstyle very similar but it's like purple and 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 blonde and bleached and it does have that little feathery thing going up too yeah and they they can they can they can cause a scuttle out there but that's another chapter altogether cuz i'm sure there are karimas out there but going back to karens why are they even still around who's guilty of styling their hair i want to know what hair place or these different hair places this conglomerate this franchise of hair places that is creating this hairstyle specifically for a karen and do they call it a karen when they walk into the hair salon do they go oh i want that and it's called a karen you know it's like you no know, when we when we pick our wigs ladies and we go to like the beauty supply place and we go hey i want her vanessa they're going, hey, I want her, Karen. Maybe that's what's going on. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. That's what they're doing, I'm sure. I, I don't I don't know why, but it happens. Um, what about this other phenomenon that we have? Uh, people creating short dances on TikTok. I didn't know anything about TikTok either, quite frankly. Didn't even I, I I honestly thought that was like what, like a three second video thing? Then it erases or that's what I thought it was. I honestly Oh, is that Snapchat? I don't know. But I thought that TikTok was just like this fad. Then people said that TikTok was like for young people that create little tiny videos of themselves. And then eventually it became a fad where everyone is doing some type of dance. They create a TikTok dance, whether they're dabbing or they're jumping or they're the ridiculousness of these TikTok dances has gone overboard. I don't think I have the time. I love to dance, don't get me wrong. But I don't think I have the mindset or the time to stand in front of a camera and, and choreograph 
like a three or four minute little dance along with my children and then just put it out there. I'll be the laughing stock of like all of TikTok. It's just, I don't know. It's foolish. It really is foolish. Okay, here's another fad. What is up with the toilet paper conspiracy? What is up with that? When this pandemic started, all of a sudden, all of the stores were empty of TP. All the shelves were empty. Uh, there was a lot of food out there. There was people, there was a lot of chicken still left. There was a lot of pork chops still left. There was a lot of rice, a lot of beans, a lot of Tropicana juice. Hell, a lot of powdered Kool-Aid and Tang. The, the juice of astronauts, that was all out there, still on the shelf. But when you went to the stores, there was no fucking toilet paper. I want to know people. Drop me a line, please. Let me know. Is it because you were you felt you were losing control about something? Was it a sense of control that you controlled toilet paper? That you controlled an arsenal of toilet paper in your house? Was that it? Could that could that have been it? Um, what about the lines and lines and lines around wrapped three times around a building of people waiting outside to get into a store? Mm-mm, still don't understand it. Um, is it because you? It's, it's about the, f- the FOMO, the fear of missing out. Could that be it? So you want to be a part of that? Because there's no way I'm standing outside for two hours for anything. I I really don't care the circumstances. It doesn't matter. Uh, and this thing with the toilet paper, okay, this was one of the biggest, f- biggest fads of them all, and the biggest dumb fuck thing that people did. If you went to Walmart, if you went to the big giant stores, all the shelves were empty. But if you went to your corner bodega, all of the shelves were full of toilet paper. That's where I got all my toilet paper. Yes, I did. Trader Joe's may have been empty, but the corner bodega, um, Senor Smiley, yeah, and Senor Diego, they all had it. They all had toilet paper and paper towels for days, for days. And they didn't tell me I was only able to buy one pack either. They allowed me to take three packs at a time, and they still have toilet paper. They never ran out. So go figure. So people, before you run out the next time to a big giant box store to run out of there stealing toilet paper because you think that you you get you have control over the world because of this, uh, don't. Go to your corner bodega. Yeah, why don't you like put money inside those mom and pop short stops? I mean, sorry, those mom and pop stores. They're the ones that need to make the money. They're the ones that need the money. And that's where you need to be putting your money at. So think about that the next time you decide to go buy toilet paper or paper towels or sanitary napkins or whatever the fuck whatever just go to the corner stores that's where you need to be putting your money at not at no freaking walmart or costco's um okay so i'm getting so passionate about all of this oh my god yes i am Uh, and and talking about toilet paper okay this is another thing that i don't quite understand the lysol thing yeah the lysol thing People were buying cans and cans and cans of Lysol. Just spray Lysol. You know why? Because on the back of the can, it said that it was useful to kill the corona something something virus thing. And it it was a little very small, very small letters. But somebody decided to put it out there and everyone started to look. And then everyone bought Lysol. Everybody bought Lysol. Quite frankly, I was I was doing quite fine with a bottle of rubbing alcohol, cleaning everything and wiping down all my surfaces. Yes, I was. As long as you clean down your surfaces, you're fine. Hot water, yeah. But no, people thought that Lysol was the shit. They were spraying it everywhere, everywhere. I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if people were spraying them up, spraying it up their asses, just to be sure. Uh, who knows? Maybe they probably did. But then again, this is stuff that's happening, and this is what this is what that whole paranoid, systematic nonsense goes on, where people hear something in the news and it becomes something else, and then people get paranoid, and away you go, and away you go. Um, another thing that that happened um, during 2020 that was actually not not a good thing, an eye opener, but not necessarily a good thing, you know. The U.S. riots, the U.S. riots um, following George Floyd in May, nothing kind of prepared us for what we were going to see on TV. 
um, I still get choked up when I think about it because um, the other evening I fell asleep with my iPad on. I was I was listening to something. I don't remember what it was. And I left it on. And I woke up to George Floyd, his last moments where he was saying, I can't breathe. Um, that young woman that took the 10-minute video, which actually she just got a humanitarian award for that recently. But she filmed that for 10 minutes and that will forever be etched in my mind because I don't think anyone could ever forget this man right there telling, pleading, pleading with these pleading with these cops to, to let him go because he couldn't breathe and they were just so adamant about taking the, taking the life out of him and we were able to see this and we, we stomached it and we, and we saw it and it ensued such a passion throughout the world and not just in America but throughout the world these protests are still ongoing and and, and you see the, the demonstrations when you see them we get all excited because people are demonstrating and they're showing um, solidarity and all that stuff you've noticed I don't know if you've noticed but there haven't been any protests out there regardless of the, the winter the winter just got here but people have not been demonstrating that much anymore against police brutality it hasn't gone anywhere folks police brutality has not gone anywhere cops killing people has not gone anywhere cops killing young black men has not gone anywhere stopping them on the street you just don't hear about it that much because the media trains us in that and trains us this way right before the elections that's all you heard that is all you heard about was police brutality and what the politicians are going to do about this and going to do about that. biden yeah you're our president now who's talking about this right now? That's what I want to know. Who's talking about this right now? Who is making sure that our new president and our new vice president don't forget? Don't forget the reasons why we decided to cast a vote because we wanted change. And I need to see some change. And I don't mean chunk change. I mean real change. Because we didn't vote you in for nothing. All of a sudden, no one knows what's going on. Everybody's silent. Don't stay silent, people. If you protested about one thing, you keep protesting. I'm, I'm right there with you. We're all together in this one. But just don't forget, 2020 should not be left behind in terms of the protest. Black Lives Matter, they still matter. These things are still going on. God, what is, what is, what is wrong? Why, do you, why is it so easy to drop one thing and go to the next? It's not, you don't drop this stuff because you know what's going to happen in 2021 or going into 2022, something else major is going to happen and all of a sudden another matter is going to come up. And then we're going to be reminded of what happened with Black Lives Matter. This is what's going to happen. There's no reason for that to happen. So, yeah, I get very angry about this because it, it, we, we shouldn't have to forget or put it under the back burner. You know, even with the holidays, everybody's thinking about, oh, yay, you know, hey. Yeah, we have the right to be happy. We have the right not to carry the weight of world suffering on our shoulders. But we also have the right not to forget. Even if it didn't happen to you or it didn't happen to your your family member, it happened to someone that was that is a part of our heritage, our part of our, our, our lineage, that's who it's happening to. And it's going to continue to happen because our young people are the ones that are going to have to inherit this earth. And God forbid they inherit an earth that nothing is being done still. So therefore, you know, people just take that, take that however you can. But don't take it with a grain of salt. All right. Um, another thing that occurred in 2020 that was, uh, that was devastating to a lot of us, um, even if we didn't really know them that well, but it just lets you understand that even as celebrities and athletes, none of us are above death, really, no matter how much money. You know, the death of Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, and let's not forget the coach that died, the five people that died on that plane, along with the pilot. Um, wow. All these people died in an aircraft uh, 
crash and um it happened so suddenly and so quickly and and this was all because this is an individual who didn't like to be stuck in traffic and I'm not trying to be funny here this is actually the reasons why he used to um used to take you know helicopter and and private airplane rides is because he didn't like being stuck in traffic so he was on his way to a game and then all of a sudden not even halfway there you know this happens we always say that it's safer to be on a plane than it is to be in the car and at that particular moment we all kind of find that questionable it was so sad to know that it was that his wife lost a daughter and a husband at the exact same time that that was I cannot imagine what that woman went through and what she's still going through and what the other children are going through this holiday so for anybody out there you know just make sure you put in a little prayer for people like this even though I know they're celebrities and we're under the impression that they're untouchable and they get over it this is a human life this was his fat their family so um it's celebrities they, they pass away they suffer just as much as we suffer and regardless of how much money they have and there have been so many other people that have passed away um that are celebrities that has completely broken our hearts but Kobe Bryant is the one that kind of touched us the most because we we kind of grew up with him we we everyone knew people that didn't even play bat- basketball knew Kobe Bryant um so you know rest in peace definitely rest in peace for him and his daughter another thing in 2020 that that we cannot erase and I, and I I'm always trying to go over this because it's in our faces every day and that, and that is the amount of people that have passed away due to this pandemic the amount of individuals globally that have died some of us can relate because i think at this point all of us have experienced someone whom we know that has passed away from covid and it's very easy for us to say oh yeah this particular person passed away from covid and but it's 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 still hard to 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 digest that globally this many people have died and they're dying on a daily basis you know um during the summer my older sister one of my sisters actually not older but she one of my old one of my sisters um she's part of a twin and she was in the hospital cuz she had covid and i remember as a family kind of us thinking what's the next step it wasn't we all we all prayed and we all we all tried to have faith and make sure you know to that she pulls through and we were all devastated but at the same time we all had to think five steps ahead and like okay so now what if something happens to her now what how do we handle this and i think that's what's happening to a lot of families right now that a lot of us are like oh yeah so such and such you know such and such as cousin passed away from covid or such and such brother passed away or father um passed away or mother you know in but it hasn't truly, 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 a lot of us hasn't really truly hit home. We haven't been to that funeral. We haven't been to, to that wake. We haven't been to that, um, in, the, in that circle of people who are mourning. So all I can tell you is that embrace your family, love your family, because it's just not a guarantee. Not a guarantee. Even the people that are being the most cautious are are suffering from COVID right now. So just be aware. Let's be aware that every day that you're given another day, it's, it's a free pass from God. And you know, guys, I don't talk about God very much, right? But I am saying it is a free pass and they're allowing you one more day to be a witness to what's going on. So be very humble. Be very humble that you have, you know, one another day on this earth. Um, other things that I wanted to touch base on and I know I've gone on way too long because this is not going to be a very long podcast. I'm sure you know that. Is that the new norm right now is our children being taught at home. 
as a parent who raised five children, I, I have never considered myself much of a scholar. Even if I did teach at one point in my life, I'm not very much of a scholar. I kind of wing everything. I was never that much of a student. Um, I was a GED person, so hey, I took the easy way out because I couldn't. I, I just couldn't deal with high school. Uh, I I I'm not a college person. I I I was able to go to work every day while my children went to school, and when I came home, I had their father that was there. We combined. We did it together, and it flowed. It flowed just fine. You know, I took care of school projects and, and, and plays and getting them dressed up. He took care of math and history, and I took care of the reading part and, and language arts. You know what I mean? Like, we all divvied that up. Kids went to school, and if I had a day off during the week, I was rejoicing because I got to sleep from 8.30 all the way to 3.30 when they all came, you know, barging into the house. So those are the, the times that I remember. Um, assemblies, parent-teacher meeting. Uh, helping them cram for an exam, looking at a report card because they accomplished something in school, going to mediate a fight between my child and some other child in school because they got into some type of, you know, something, some altercation. All of these lunch, my children complaining that they didn't want to eat the school lunch, they didn't want to be in lunch. And what about they didn't want to go to school? It was like, oh, I don't want to go to school. I hate school. I hate school. Now... These kids are dying to go to school. They want to leave the house. They don't want to be around us every day. Remember that time when they used to be like, can I just stay home with you for a day? They don't want to do this anymore. They want to go out. They want to go to school. We know it's dangerous to send them to school. If my children were of school age, I would never send them to school. That's just my personal, that's just my personal belief. I could not send them because I, I just do not see them in a safe environment by going to school. Um, the sacrifice I would make would obviously be staying at home with them and up- attempting to teach them from from home. Whether they graduate is a totally different story, but my attempt would be to help them, to help them stay home and study from home. I don't know how parents that have two and three kids in school, school age, are doing it because that requires, what, three laptops, that requires three different, you know, mindsets, that requires three different types of attention, a lot of activity in the house, a certain wake-up time. It's so much. Parents who are doing this, I commend you. I I, I bow bow down to you. I, I hope that it gets to a point where you don't have to do this for much longer. But stay strong. Your children would love you and will, will appreciate you in the future for this. For the ones that are working from home and also teaching your children from home, again, stay strong. Our kids need us right now. Your kids need you right now. And and don't and don't get comfortable with just leaving them in front of a laptop either. Find out what they're doing in front of that laptop. You know, sometimes we really think that they're learning and they're not. <laughs> they're doing TikTok somewhere. Oh you know, or on Facebook or on Instagram. But or watching some other crazy video. But try to stay in tune with your kids if you can. Just if you can. I know it's overwhelming, but try to do it. Because it, it, it takes a it takes a lot. You know when they say it takes a village at this particular moment? Yeah, it does take a village. It really does. And for you parents that are sending your kids out to school during this pandemic, you know, try to, I say stay strong also, because we don't know what other kids or what other people or staff are carrying, and they might, it might just get worse than it is if they go back to school. They might get the virus. Ah, it's a lot to think about. It's really a lot to think about. So, uh, again, may 2021 not be as hard scholastically as it is right now. And for the other side of us that are working from home, where we don't have the children, we don't have all of that, but we are working from home, and this has become our new norm, where we wake up in the morning and instead of getting dressed to go to work and drinking our cup of coffee to go to work, what we're doing is that we're gonna we're going to take well some of us and I know most of us hopefully are taking showers and to getting it together and, and showing our faces in front of a computer and dealing with clients or patients without seeing their faces on a daily basis. It's overwhelming too. It's overwhelming. Uh I, I work in a sector that 
requires me to talk to patients every single day, requires me to talk to a, a maximum of sometimes 30 and a minimum of sometimes 10 or 12. And, it, and some calls go as long as an hour and a half. Some go at 20 minutes. Some go to 15 minutes. But they're all very taxing, very taxing emotionally. And I chose to do this job because I wanted to, I want to be a part of change. I want to be a part of the continuum in this world. But it's hard. And I do not wish that particular burden on anyone. So for those out there who are doing a similar job for the essential workers that are out there that don't have the luxury of staying home, um, working from home, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for doing your part. You guys are very strong. Um, I, sometimes we complain because we are working from home. You know, we're like, oh my God, we're on the phone, all, the, all that. But nothing can be as, as bad and as, and as incredibly draining as working in a hospital or working in a, in a nursing home setting and working in these type of settings where as an essential worker, you can't afford not to go to work. You know, I've seen before and after pictures of people who started back in March, like fresh graduates, literally fresh graduates, um, nurses. And when you see their pictures now, they've aged literally about 10 years because of everything they're going through. Uh, I know that there is an end in sight. There isn't an end sight. We just have to stay focused and you know keep our eyes on the prize and knowing that we're, we're, we're doing a, hum, a humanitarian um, act. That's what we're doing. That's what, what we're part of. We're part of this particular outreach. Um, in saying that, I know I've kind of gone all over the place with this particular podcast, but the beauty of a podcast is that we can, we can just throw things out there and talk about anything. It doesn't have to be in any particular order. It's just conversation. The only difference is that you guys aren't answering directly back at me. And it's not an open dialogue where we're both exchanging comments and feedback. But part of this is to exchange feedback down the line. And I encourage everyone, you know, drop me a message on Anchor FM. Just drop me a small message. It doesn't have to be five minutes long. Just say something to, you know, contribute and let me know how you're feeling about what's going on in 2020. How you want to close out 2020. Again, we only have literally 12 more days. 12 more days left. And we want to be able to go out on a positive note. There is nothing that can stop us from remaining positive. There's nothing that can stop us from having faith. There's nothing that can stop us from staying um, staying positive, just staying positive, despite all of the, the drainage that's going on right now. If you can sit down and maybe reflect on five positive things that have happened to you this year, just five, it doesn't have to be 10, it doesn't have to be a big list, but you know, write it down, write it on, write it on your phone in your notes, just write three, sorry, five positive things that have happened and, and look at them. And then put it and chuck it inside a book, chuck it somewhere inside a journal. And when you see 2021 go by and next January, when we get there, we're going to be like, yo, this is what I went through in 2020. And it was beautiful. These five things. And look how far I've come. And then you have another five things to add for 2021 and for 2022. Just keep adding along. And talk about it. Talk about it with your friends, with your family. And share. And share. If you if you love somebody out there, if you're in love with that person, let them know. If you're dicking that person around and you don't love that person, shit. <laughs> let them know. Don't string them along. If you want to be around that individual and you have hopes and dreams of creating a life with them, just do it. What are you waiting for? What what exactly is this ticking time bomb in your head that you feel that it's never going to go off? It's going to go off eventually, but let it go off in a blaze of glory, not in defeat. That sounded so good. I'm going to write it down. Yeah, I'm going to write it down. Um, for all the people who I've spoken to since I started it, this podcast and for everyone that hasn't been encouraging me to do a, you know, a YouTube stream 
yes, I hear you. I hear you. And yes, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it in December, but I'm going to probably start doing it in February. That's when I'm going to probably start my YouTube streaming. You know, I want to be ready for that because boy, oh boy, podcast is one thing, but a YouTube (laughs) cast, do you really think I want to go through all that, like, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down over and over and over again? I don't know. But hey, I'm open to change. And I think that if enough people have requested it, it's because they have enough faith in my message. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love you all. And I do believe that we will see each other in 2021. We'll be, um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. Now we're going to be anything. I'm going to leave it at that. I will see you guys in 2021. Definitely. Hit me a line. Shoot me a message. Hope you learned a lot from these last 13 or 14 podcasts. If you haven't, go back, listen to them again. I'm sure you'll get a chuckle out of it. Some of the things that I did throw in here that were kind of, you know, that reflective of 2020, again, throw some stuff at me that I didn't talk about. I'm sure you have a lot to say, and I, I really appreciate the feedback. So with that, my podcast fam, love peace and hair grease. I love you all and thank you for listening.